Blog Talk Radio. Quarters. Security condition three. Thank you. Security three, sir. General quarters three. Intruder alert. GQ three. Intruder alert. Intruder alert? Oh, come on. Don't don't musicians deserve more respect? There's always something. I don't know what to say to that, but you're still doing a great job, Mr. Sulu. Hey, everybody, welcome once again to Madam Perry's Salon the podcast with more celebrities than the inauguration. And I am your hostess and cruise director, Madam Perry, or you can call me Jennifer Perry. And of course, to my Brit friends, Jennifer Maudette Perry, but you can just call me Jen. I am just so happy you're here and I'm happy I'm here. I was uh, talking earlier to tonight's guests as they came into the genie bottle and were fluffing up the cushions. I said, you know, I never have a bad guest. All my guests are so fun and so excited. I'm so honored to have each and every one. But also it's because of everyone who listens. And I've got to say, I've got checking the numbers. Even when I took a couple of weeks off in the last few months, well, last two months, um, still you kept subscribing and downloading episodes and I just really, really do appreciate it. It's uh it enables the show to grow and enables me to get even more cool guests like we've been having, like we have coming up. You know my um let's see, who did we have not long ago? Althea Lawton Thomas was here and you know, she's leading some fabulous um mindfulness mind body wellness retreats in Costa Rica, North Georgia, all kind of places. Of course when I met her I was taking an exotic dance class and uh sadly that that will never be a career for me, exotic dance, but um but it was still fun to take. And I've got some new moves for the Soul Train line. Also, um coming up soon, next Monday. Now tonight is Tuesday, January thirtieth, and if my brother Scott's listening, happy birthday, Scott. And if my old drum teacher was listening Eskil Vedekvist, happy birthday, Eskil. And, uh, yeah, that's a cool thing. Coming up soon, uh, Monday, is author and food historian Linda Civitello. And Linda has a new book called The Baking Powder Wars. And let me tell you something. You might think, oh, Baking Powder Wars, you know, it's a couple of housewives fighting us over the Alan Kroger. But no, 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 no. The history of baking powder, how it was invented, created, uh, the, the marketing wars, it's got everything. It's got Mafia, Jesse James, the KKK. I mean, the it's quite it's, it's some <laughs> I had no idea food history could be such a big um deal but uh so she'll be here Monday night and I've talked to Linda she's also a filmmaker has been for years in uh, New York and LA and she's a riot so that'll be uh 
fun show. Also, Jim Musgrave. And Jim was a former client of mine, and, and um, I'm I'm sort of credited or blamed for leading him onto the steampunk path, and he became the godfather of steampunk. But he's got new books. He's going to be here talking. And let's see, tomorrow night, true crime writer, Michael Fleeman is going to be back with us tomorrow night. This is his third time in Madame Perry Salon. Michael Fleeman, you've probably seen him a lot on television shows, all the uh, shows like Escape and Investigation Discovery, everything that has to do with true crime because he's written so many books. But this one, uh, if you saw some of the things I posted on social media, you know, reading this last story is called Better Off Dead about a, um, a deadly love triangle. Uh, the husband gets killed. You know, I'm not giving anything away because it's true crime, so you can check it out on the Internet. But um, I said, this has got everything. It's got neighborhood orgy outings. It's got people going naked on the zip line at these outings. It's got people, the couple that's plotting there that that responsible for the husband killed. Like, they'll be on the phone plotting their alibis, and then they'll just stop in the middle and start praying, and then they get back to it, and all this was recorded by the police. It is wild. And so that's tomorrow night. Uh, and also, his, his book, Lacey, uh, about Lacey Peterson, is now on audiobook. So you'll definitely want to be in tomorrow night, too, for Michael Fleeman. He's always an exciting guest. And speaking of exciting guests, yes, I know, common segue, but, you know, um, you know I love music, and I think it, it makes the soul so much happier. It can ease illness. It can make your joys and good times even better. And tonight i got a guy that I've been a fan of for many years before I even met him. He's a musician, songwriter, based in Atlanta. Uh, he plays, you can usually find him playing drums or bass in several metro Atlanta bands. He plays jazz, blues, rock, top 40, bluegrass anything. And uh, he just freelances for bands, solo artists, classical ensembles, musicals, or recording projects. But one of the things that's most popular with this guy, and believe me, and he is he is uh, very well educated. He studied music uh, performance and history and studied uh, and he has an MBA. I mean, this man should be able to answer any question you have about music or music business if you want to call in tonight. But um, he hosts these events in Atlanta called these are open tribute jams, but they he's got it very well organized. It may be around a certain style of music or a certain artist, uh, whether it might be an all night uh, sting and police or prog rock, and it's um, he he has the um, has it very well organized as to the songs and who plays what part. So you sign up ahead of time and you get there. And these are so much fun. And the musicians, there's never, ever, ever a clunker in the bunch. They're all good. Um, and these are some of the best musicians and vocals you're going to find in Atlanta. So tonight we're going to talk about that, and we're going to talk about stage music. She sees it, music education on the collegiate level and preparing people to go out and uh, make a career and the popularity of tribute bands. So please welcome here for his first time. Well, he's been here as, as uh, uh, joining in conversations with other guests, but this time it's a feature. My friend, musician and songwriter, Adrian T. Ash. Adrian, welcome to Madam Perry Salon. Thanks, Jennifer. Okay, that was uh, quite an introduction. 
I'm sorry. I didn't mean to put you to sleep. I hope I didn't put you to sleep. But, uh, yeah, thank you. I just didn't know sometimes where to, where do you, where do you end when there's so much going on with somebody. And, by the way, if you um, – if you want to, if you listen tonight live and you want to talk to Adrian, you want to call in and talk to Adrian. Uh, the number is six four six seven one six nine nine two two. That's six four six seven one six ninety nine twenty two. If you're a regular listener, some people tell me they have it on speed dial. And uh, especially shout out to my friends like Mimi in Asheville, also Madison Maxwell in Asheville. Um, other people that are messaging in that they're listening, uh, David Hurley. Hello, David. Glad you're here. And so if you want to call in and talk to Adrian, that's the number. Uh, Blog Talk Radio says it's a toll-free number within the continental U.S. And I do have somebody here uh, that's called in. We're going to give you just a minute while we get Adrian to introduce himself, and then we're going to bring you in for your question. And thank you for staying with us and holding. So, Adrian. Tell me, um, I, I don't know where to begin with you. If you want to tell us just a little a bit about your, your education in music and your background, and then we'll go into the uh, Badass All-Stars. Sure. Um, my education is at Georgia State University. I'm not going to go too much into that. I was in several different uh, programs there and got a good education there, got a lot of great teachers, got a lot of great skills there a lot of great opportunities, a lot of great staff down there. And um, my experience, especially as they relate to these uh, open tribute jams, is that of, you know, sort of being a freelance musician in Atlanta for years, mainly in the jazz arena. And, you know, as a freelancer, you you get around, you meet new musicians, you, uh, you know, you, you develop a network of contacts and, uh, you know, then you start realizing what other people are doing in, around town and um, you start realizing things like uh, there's several different cliques around town. You know, there's the blues clique or the the jazz clique or the, the this clique or the that clique. I mean, there's just so many different pockets of music around town and it behooves every musician to be in every you know, as many clicks as possible just to stay busy. So, you know, through that process, I guess I developed a good network of musicians, found out about, you know, the lefties jams that he uh, started at Charlie Mops and then moved to Bella's Pizzeria. That was a great experience to meet a lot of new musicians, and I really loved the format of the open tribute jam. And uh, Lefty announced he was retiring around the time that uh, Tamara Fuller from the Velvet Note approached me, having seen what we were doing with the Steely Dan jam at uh, Lefty's jam. And, you know, I told her, well, you know, that's Lefty's thing, but he is retiring, so I can do this, you know, I can probably pull this off, you know, because I know the people and um, I, I can organize it. So, you know, it started about six years ago. With that, just, you know, what I thought would be a one-off, you know, tribute jam for uh, Steely Dan at the Velvet mm-hmm. Note, but people loved it so much that they wanted to keep doing it. So we did, you know, a second Steely Dan jam the next year, and then people were like, well, we need to start doing this with other artists as well. And that's when, you know, we started incorporating other artists, started getting ideas for other jams, you know, themes, jams. Uh, you know, whether it's 
uh, Motown versus sax or Sun versus chess or the 80s or the 70s or maybe a versus um, pairing of two comparable artists. But, uh, and, you know, this is something people have been doing for a while, you know, especially as a jazzer, you know, you start learning 15 Miles songs or, you know, 15 uh, monk tunes, you know, at some point you're like, well, mm -hmm. I could do a whole set of this stuff. So, you know, it's not a new concept. It's just a new take on it and expanding this community of musicians in Atlanta to be, you know, as inclusive as possible. So, you know, we're up to about 70 jams now. Wow. And it's great that we've had so many musicians participate in them over the years. And uh, there's almost always a new person to come along with every jam, uh, maybe several people. There's a lot of repeat jammers who will sign up for, mm -hmm. you know, numerous jams. Uh, there's some stalwarts that play in pretty much every jam. Stalwarts, <laughs> <laughs> um, the diehards, the repeats. Well, uh, let me see that. We've got um, somebody coming in uh, who's joining us here in the Genie Bottle. I don't know for how long, but maybe But we are welcoming them. Come on in. And uh, it could be one of the stalwarts or repeats or guests. Hi, welcome <laughs> to Madam Perry's Salon. Who is this? Who are you? Hello? Okay, maybe they just wanted to... Listen, um, somebody with the 697 NPX? I uh, don't okay. know. Don't know. Okay. Well, anyway, you're there. If you want to say something, just go right ahead. Uh, somebody from here in Atlanta. So just uh, thank you for being here and joining us. And, uh, so, how, yeah, you've had some extremely fascinating combinations. Now, the first one I ever attended, and I think I'd seen it on Facebook, and it was uh, Sting and the Police. And you took uh -huh. the albums, you know, through the history. And even, and you, one good thing, something about things like this, you have it so well organized as to, ahead of time, as to who's doing what part and what goes in the order and what's going to happen. But even so, even as organized as it is, there's always a chance because of, you know, people that, Things could get a little slow or drag or somewhere, but you've—I noticed that first time. You never let that happen. You know, you had little bits and little anecdotes about the songs or where the band was at the time or things that, whether it was musically, or how they were changing, what what they were, um, what types of music and styles they were exploring at the time, or even little personality things going on. And you you had a way of keeping it to where it all stayed, the energy stayed good for the crowd. So I'm sorry, I imagine that's more like a rink master, but you do it so smoothly. Well, that's a good compliment. And yes, it, I think context does matter. It enhances the music. There is a history to a lot of these uh, catalogs. So I like to go uh, chronological for that reason. A lot of times it tells more of a story. Like uh, we're about to do a nineties jam coming up in a week and a half. And we're probably going to do that one chronological because, you know, you can see the story that it tells uh, and you can almost put yourself there if you were alive in the 90s. And, you know, a lot of this involves nostalgia 
So people are instantly transported to a time and place when that song was on the radio or, you know, their friends were listening to it or whatever. And, you know, that's a, a large element of what this is all about, the whole tribute thing, whether it's a tribute jam, a tribute band, or some combination thereof, just doing covers. You know, it's all about evoking some sort of nostalgia and familiarity in the audience. So, uh, <laughs> not sure where I, I started with that, but um, yes, comments matter. <laughs> and, you know, another thing is there's a lot of musicians trading off, you know, tagging in and tagging out between songs. So that's the yes. perfect time to, you know, give some props to somebody in the band who had a solo or, you know, give some um, relevant trivia. Uh, at one point I had a uh, resident armchair musicologist, Wheat Williams, who would give uh, trivia between songs. Uh, he sort of really embraced that role. And uh, <laughs> we, uh, we haven't had that sort of energy since he left, so. I try to keep it rolling between songs and, you know, keep, avoid coitus interruptus, as some people like to put it. Okay. Yeah, don't want that. Um, and by the way, our caller, um, are you with us? If you have something to, to uh, join in with or a question or a comment, please go right ahead. Or just just sit here and dig the vibe. So you said you've done, what, about 90 of these? 70. 70. How do you keep it so fresh? I mean, how do you come up with different ideas? Oh, uh, well, and I mean, since the community. If, mm -hmm. um, well, you know, as the community has grown, they've come up with their own ideas of the sort of jams that they want to do or see next. Or, you know, we, we will sit around at a bar and just sort of brainstorm on different jam ideas or playlists. Um, and who decides the songs? Well, sort of all the musicians who sign up for it. You know, I can throw out my 50 favorite songs and, you know, nobody will sign up for them. But, you know, if I, if I throw out <laughs> songs that people actually know and can play, then people will sign up for them and will play them. So it's sort of a, you know, and if I have an excess of songs, then I can say, okay, well, we'll do these 40. We can't do these 10 or 20, but, you know, maybe next time. Some, um, I've, I've been out of town whenever this is with the Prague rock shows, and I'm a big lover of Prague. Uh, which ones those seem to be the most popular as far as particular bands in the Prague Line up. Well, that prog rock jam is sort of the brainchild of Sean Tonar and uh, other prog heads in town, Reese Boyd, and uh, that is largely his territory, and that's a, a beautiful thing, too, that this has sort of spawned other people to start doing similar shows with a similar model and, you know, calling all the prog heads in town and signing them up for you know, the, the best, you know, Genesis, Yes, Kansas, Rush, King Crimson playlist you can come up with. And these guys will do it. And, you know, it's 
really inspiring to see other people do that with other themes. So I would have to defer to Sean on the prog rock jam. He's uh, been very <laughs> helpful in being a uh, lieutenant in all of this, keeping all the cats herded, keeping everybody informed. <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> that's pretty good, though. Um, is there a particular, um, though, but in a series like that, is there a particular uh, band that, that's more popular, like like Kansas or Crimson? You mean in the want to hear genre? More of yeah, yeah. Uh, no, Rush is always a hit, but uh, yeah. the more the it's funny the more devout the prog head, the more the deeper the cut they want to hear. So. You know, you'll get a lot of people <laughs> wanting to play some Rush songs, but you'll also get some hardcore guys wanting to hear the deepest Genesis cut you can come up with. So <laughs> it depends on who you talk to, you know. <laughs> well, this time um, uh, last summer, um, I don't know if you know, Julie Slick was a guest mm-hmm. here. And I don't know if you know her. But she's a bassist. She's been with, yeah, she's been with uh, Adrian Ballou for about ten or twelve years, and she also plays with the Crimson Project as well as things of her own. So um, she says she's going to come through here in Atlanta sometime. So we'll have to induct her into a prog. Yes, absolutely. That's what I this mean, is all about. Is anybody bringing in newcomers, yeah. especially you know people who can kill it. <laughs> It's a big community. No, so. no, 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 no. <laughs> no, no, no. She's a lot of fun. Um, yeah, she's she's <laughs> and she's got a good sense of humor. Look, anybody that can play up on stage with Adrian Ballou and then turn to him at one point during a solo when he calls her name and she's got these glasses with these little eyeballs that come out on like um, uh, slinkies, foils. Mm-hmm. To, this is like a big deal here, but I figure somebody like that, what these guys play, I mean, and then they don't lose a note, they got to be good. I mean, they got to be used to all this kind of craziness. But, uh, yeah, she's a lot of fun. So, um, when, you know, I think they were just telling me, or somebody else was telling me once, they said, you know, the, these um, tribute jams around Atlanta. Uh, you know they are gaining in popularity, and the ones, especially to some, the ones that at, that I went to at the Velvet Note, which was also uh, Police and Sting, it just seemed. I remember sitting in there, you know, on the side with some of the other music, with singers and stuff, musicians waiting to uh, waiting for my turn, but listened to everybody. And what I really, really was caught up in was not only does the band and every one of these that I've been to, not only is a band very encouraging and supportive of one another. It's like everybody's keeping everybody built up and everybody's supporting everything in the music. It's all there. But I know, especially at the Velvet Note, the audience was just seemed totally enraptured. Did Did you feel yeah, that? that? I mean, was it's a very like everybody audience, was... definitely. They seem to appreciate yeah. music up there. So it's always nice to play there. And, uh, you know, some people you connect with, some people you don't. And it's great that the musicians are there to support one another because, you know, that's one of the best 
aspects of this is, you know, the music community is, you know, supporting one another instead of this, you know, cutting heads, uh, mm-hmm. you know, cutthroat kind of stuff that can take place in some circles. Oh, yeah. So, you know, we're all about sharing in the collective and, you know, we're all good players and we love each other's playing and we want to hear others play and we want to play. So we understand that it's a lot of give and take and everybody sort of gets, you know, gets equal exposure. Um, and we try to make it, you know, equal stage time for everybody as much as possible. And it shows, and it's obvious, yeah, because I can see the musicians. I mean, sometimes when I've been kind of like, what what am I doing up here? And somebody that, and, and somebody around me would just smile and nod like, yeah, 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 everything's good. Everything's good. Keep going. So uh, <laughs> maybe they mean keep keep going, keep going away. But, um, but you know, we were, I was talking to some friends last week, and we were talking about that we do seem to see more of a preponderance almost, um, that might be too much of, too big of a word for it, but, of tribute bands playing. I mean, you see them all the time at some place like Smith's Old Bar. Uh, I think they've gotten very popular in places, even in the casinos, where, you know, people usually do have, you know, a good name, even if it's, you know, B or C list talent, you know, playing casinos or some of the um, fancier joints. Tribute bands, like there's a Fleetwood Mac one called Rumors, and uh, bands like that really seem to have emerged as quite popular entertainment. What do you think is the is the reason for that? Is it nostalgia? Is it because maybe the original people that did that music maybe not aren't touring anymore and people want to hear those songs live and, and, and well done? Any idea? I've got a few ideas and, you know, probably uh, relates to several issues which you know, may have something to do with the demographic that's usually going out to see live music locally. It may have to do with nostalgia. It may have to do with, you know, the fact that a lot of live music today is not something you would normally hear a band in a club play. Uh, So, you know, the people who are in the bar might not recognize a, a Katy Perry tune unless you know, they've got a daughter who listens to it. Um, so what you do end up hearing in bars is what the bar people want to hear. Or, you know, you, you sort of begin catering to the audience instead of producing live music that is along the same vein, you know, different but the same, similar enough but different enough. Uh, mm-hmm. Somewhere that there was a disconnect in music where that happened. And, you know, it's, it was encouraging to see Bruno Mars win some Grammys, but, you know, there there's not enough artists like that out there, in my opinion. You know, mm-hmm. people putting out good, decent music that you would want to hear at a party or a bar or, you know, something besides a cover yeah. that's still as powerful. <laughs> and maybe that's the thing, you know, You've, you've had time to look at the history of popular music over the past 30 years and see what has endured, you know, and what music is considered classic, what music is considered influential, 
You know, you can sort of start drawing a line uh, through, you know, music and say, well, this person was influenced by this person, and this is sort of the progression of this genre. And at some point, they all started becoming, maybe it was Video Killed the Radio Star. That was the point where it, it started getting off track, and now it's, you know, so far off track that, you know, <laughs> people look at that phenomenon and they sort of, you know, almost idolize that phenomenon say, look, this is where the point, this is the point where everything broke. So, you know, going backwards from there and considering all of this stuff, you know, influential or classical or historical, you know, it's, uh, it's an interesting phenomenon. And, you know, how you work with that phenomenon, you know, may determine whether or not you're more inclined to be in a cover band or whether or not you're more inclined to write original music. Uh, mm-hmm. So maybe more people yeah, but, uh, are just inspired to write originals. Hmm. You know, uh, by the way, if you're listening live tonight and you want to talk to Adrian Ash, the number is six four six seven one six nine nine two two. We do have some people too, some uh, listeners. Adrian, that message in their questions. One of them is one of our favorite people, David Hurley. He's an author and poet and the uh, creator of Subtlety Magazine, which is now Bookalage. And he, first he had a question that I had missed a few minutes ago. He said, um, ask if you were a Neil Peart fan since we were speaking of prog rock. And then he said, okay, you just mentioned Rush, I guess so. But he has a question for you, a drummer question. Are you ready, okay. Adrian? Sure. All right. Okay. He says, okay, David Hurley's question is this. Do you believe in a greatest jazz drummer? And here are some names he's thrown out. Um, Joe Morello. I attended a drum clinic Joe Morello was. Uh, what a cool guy. Um, Joe Morello, Elvin Jones, Rashid Ali, I hope I pronounced that right, Buddy Rich. And then he said, and is it cool to dig Mel Torme's underrated drumming. Thank you, David. <laughs> <laughs> and go. <laughs> uh, wow, what a list. You know, I think every jazz drummer owes it to themselves to listen to all these drummers and then some. Um, and everybody's going to diff- give a different answer, so my answer, you know, will have my own justif- justification, but... Uh, you know, I might be biased for whatever reason, but um, I would say probably Elvin because he sort of redirected the role of the jazz drummer uh, in terms of timbre and uh, substance, time, and texture. You know, he... uh, transferred the time to the ride symbol instead of the bass drum. And, you know, with the advent of um, different uh, ensembles in that era, he was able to get away with that. You know, he had uh, some really great players he was playing with, and he could play with the time in a new way, which caught on like wildfire and, almost everybody plays like that now, you know, they, they want, when they think about jazz drumming, they go back to that approach, but you know, every drummer owes it to themselves to 
uh, find out what the progression of jazz drumming is. And there's lots of great teachers in town who can teach that and do have online materials for all of that. But um, Elvin, <laughs> just because he sort of revolutionized the timekeeping role in the, from the drummer, and everybody <laughs> plays like that. <laughs> Yeah, David says, Elvin, yes, the Holy Quartet. Great answer. <laughs> A great question, David. <laughs> All right, thanks. Okay, and uh, anybody else, we still have room if you want to call and talk to Adrian T. Ash. Adrian, you sent me something. Uh, you got me a little clip. I put one thing on um, Facebook this morning, but uh, some people might have seen. But and it And it was a clip that had... My buddy Scott Glazer in it. Oh, really? Whom, whom I adore. He's played with me a few times and just such a great guy. Um, but you sent You're talking something about the to play? Here. The Brubeck's here, yeah, yeah. And uh, uh, Scott's fun to play, fun to gig with, isn't he? Yeah, he's a great guy. Miss playing with him. Uh Night by Night. Yes, I sent you a clip of us playing at the Steely Dan Jam a couple of years ago. Uh, this is a, just a cut of Night by Night. Uh, we had a yeah. full horn section, and uh, this is just off my little recorder sitting out front. And keep in mind, <laughs> this is a sort of jam where people don't really get to rehearse before the jam. They just show up and play the tune. So there's a lot of give and take, and everybody's, you know, taking it, uh, you know, measure by measure, basically. <laughs> I think I think I'll play that now. It's just, it's just a clip. It's just a part of it, but but I really dig it. So uh, why don't I share that now, if that's okay with you? This is sure. Night by night, from a from a fun night with the Adrian Ash Badass Orchestra. Just, uh, that was just a teaser sample of what you can hear 
at one of these uh, oh, tribute jams with the Bad Ash All Stars. And can you can you remember who who we're hearing on this? Uh, I can pull it up. I know that's Jeff Fritz on the lead vocals. I think that's me on the drums, and I think the horn section uh, includes Gary Paolo, Aaron Cundiff, and Alex Roddick. Okay, a cool bunch. Um, Fritz, I like him a lot. He's uh, he's got a lot of personality too. <laughs> And it's playing. Oh yeah. And it just, it just only just adds to it. So uh, yeah. So um, let's see. Oh, we have another caller here. Just a second. Hi. Hi. Welcome into Madam Perry's salon. You're here with me and Adrian T. Ash. How are you doing? Hey, pretty good. This is Sean. You could, we're talking about the prog night, so I thought I'd call in and see if you had any questions. Oh, okay. Um, Questions for you, Sean? Yeah, Maybe. well, you know, I wanted, yeah, and I wanted to call and maybe talk a little bit about what it's like to be part of this whole collective. We can dig. That's exactly what that's exactly what we wanted. So, uh, yeah, so you saw I put your name out. I, uh, I smoked you out, didn't I? Um, yeah, I felt my ears burning. <laughs> so, so welcome here. So, uh, tell us how long have you been involved with these, and 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 uh, just give the people listening that uh, have never been to one what they're missing and why it's so much fun. Well, I've been a part of this for a little over two years now, and uh, oh, wait, 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 know, wait, one second. Um, Adrian, do you know who this is? Is he an imposter? Sure, I do. Is he the real thing? <laughs> He's a real thing. Yeah, he's, uh, okay, just check he's essentially the, the first lieutenant. <laughs> okay, Sean. <laughs> okay. Keep going, Sean. I'm just teasing with you. Um, yeah, you know, I was asked to do one of these by Adrian a couple of years ago, and I can't even remember what the first one was. I think maybe a Steely Dan night up at Velvet Note, which we do once or twice a year. And... You know, it was a lot of fun, you know. I mean, I played around town with my band for a long time, um, but I never really did a whole lot of other musical stuff besides that. But I always loved getting together and playing cover songs with, you know, with my bandmates and with friends. And suddenly the opportunity arises to put on a whole night of music by one of your favorite favorite bands, you know. I mean, I love Steely Dan. It's just I jumped at the chance to go oh, yeah. and play any sort of that music in such a nice setting with the you know, an audience that knows mm-hmm. every song, you know, I mean, who wouldn't love that? And um it just kinda went from there, you know, it was a little addictive, you know. I mean, I'm a big classic rock fan and I love to play music from, you know, countless different bands and to have, you know, these different nights come up where we can focus on one and play four hours of music. I mean, this is a lot of music to get ready and to share, you know. I mean you know, it's it's you get a lot of bang for your buck. I'll put it that way over the course of the night. <laughs> hey, that's the truth. That is the absolute truth. As I was saying earlier to people, I said, you know, um, just the ones I've been to, listen, I said, 
I know sometimes, you know, you perform, when you perform, sometimes you can always think of what you wish you had done differently or whatever, done better. But, you know, come on, seriously, because you don't rehearse, this is, everybody's got to show up ready and know their stuff and get in there. And everybody seems easy to work with, to support each other. And, you know, I, I've never heard a clunker in the whole bunch. Especially well, that's things often that are... Well, yeah, and don't people uh, – in fact, this is one thing Adrian and I talked about one day. Uh, and tell me if you hear this too, Sean, that people come in and, that people come in for the first time and go, wow, how long has this been going on? Well, yeah, I think Why a I lot know? of them do, and it turns into such a fun night. You know, they don't even know quite what they're in, getting into. But once we go do it and we put on a show in a nice PA and lighting – takes it to a new level and you know you it you know you it becomes a very memorable night that you're always going to look back on fondly later and um yeah and just the variety that we do i mean every month it's something different you know we've done some really biggies like we did pink floyd's the wall last fall we we do the prog night um but we do lots of other great ones too you know Led zeppelin's a big one that's very popular every year and we have themed ones for you know the different decades we've done the 80s a lot and coming up in a couple weeks here um we're going to be doing the 90s which is one that we've had a lot of requests for and we've got a great roster of about 30 different local musicians that are all awesome, and we're going to take you through that decade, just like you're sitting there with the radio going and the clock's ticking, you know. And it's a good variety, you know. You're going to think how the music kind of changed over the course of 10 years. You know, it started with a rather heavy kind of metal-inspired sound and ended with something a little more poppy. Um, and along the way, there's a lot of great songs. I mean, Everything you're playing, you probably heard before, and it's, you know, it's an earworm for sure. Mm-hmm. Just like, and uh, Adrian, what do you, what do you add to that? Or uh, I would like to add to it. Uh, it's been, you know, a, a great adventure to be a part of this and hear the back and forth between the people who participate in the jams and the jams that they want to see, you know, when it all, when this all started, I didn't really have a vision of doing anything more than, you know, my favorite artists and whatever uh, else we had the people to do. So it's just nice to know the people out there who can do this stuff. And, you know, I'm just sort of the, the hub or the ringleader, you know, trying to get everybody in their right places so that we can pull off a whole night's music. And I'm grateful that everybody's, you know, willing and able to go where they're told and do what they're supposed to do and make a great show because it really is a team effort. And I couldn't do this myself, obviously. So (laughs) uh, it's just really nice to feel the love from, you know, the musicians and get their feedback on it. Okay. And everybody's got new ideas for future jams, and it's just nice to see the, uh, the idea spreading. You know, I when, said before um, that, you know, Adrian's kind of the, the Make-A-Wish Foundation when it comes to music, because a lot of dreams come true playing these songs, you know. For a lot of us, you know, you might love a band, 
but it doesn't mean your band can play their music. So the chance to do it just never comes up. And suddenly when you have a pool of 20 or 30 people to choose from, almost anything's possible. And suddenly, you know, you're playing these songs that you grew up and you grew up with and inspired you that you thought you'd never play, but you love them. And it's so wonderful when you finally can. So yeah, we can't thank him enough for that. You know, it's, it's, a unique opportunity that we don't take for granted. So that's it's a great comparison. And have you ever had a nervous moment? I mean, you know, some of the things you were talking about, and of course, I'm I'm not a musician. I'm a chick singer, and I've tried to be a drummer. But my only paying gig as a drummer was playing for naked people dancing. And that's a story well, that's for another fun. time. You know, well, yeah. I hope. Hey, and it <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> I hope it wasn't too chilly. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was stressed, but they were. <laughs> anyway, for another time, yes, yes. So the people recognized one of the people at uh, I think it was the, at the arts festival. After that, I finally got to use the line. I'm sorry, I didn't recognize you with your, you know, clothes on. So. Um, <laughs> Oh my! Anyway, but I remember we were talking about uh, the and some of the com and some of the uh, descriptions and, and the pattern that, that Adrian was doing in between uh, the acts when the police sting fan the first one I went to was talking about how or this and it might have been also the Velvet Note for the same thing about how the the, the musical adventures and directions that the band took you know and this and uh, and I just recently read Stuart Copeland's book uh, I mean excuse me Andy Summers' book which really. I mean, I'm listening to this thing. I'm having to ask my husband every few minutes, okay, what's this quadratic equation mean? It sounds like what you're talking to the band behind me all the time. You know, some of these things aren't, they're not just regular, you know, CFT and and, and a church drum, but you guys always come, everybody comes in and serves it up and holds up their end. Have you ever had a nervous moment that somebody wouldn't wouldn't do it or or something would fall apart. Nothing's ever fallen apart, but do you ever? Well, you do this often well, enough, we... and somebody is going to drop the ball somewhere. And, mm-hmm. you know, we have had new people mm-hmm. who have come in and not understood the vision, didn't prepare as well. And usually that only happens once, but with repeat offenders, <laughs> you know, it becomes, you know, it comes to a point where you have to say, okay, well, you need to start showing up for rehearsals. You know, we're going to go over your songs and, you know, I've had some club owners say, basically, it's your name on this, so you better do everything you can to make sure it's good. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, like I know, um, when your name is on the act, you take the fame or the blame, either way, so. (laughs) Yeah. Especially the blame. Um, Also, we have another Excuse me, another caller that just came in here, uh, calling in from Adele, Georgia. Um, he's an actor and musician in Atlanta. <coughs> Excuse me, and an actor on uh, Comedy Central for years. Duffy Odom is here with us. Welcome, Duffy. Hello, Madam Perry, and hello, Adrian. Hello. Hey. Hello. <laughs> hello. Um, hey. Hey. This is uh, so very interesting. I had no idea that tribute bands were uh, uh, so uh, so prominent 
uh, these days. Uh, they were just sort of a thing uh, over on the side somewhere, you know, where people would put on kiss makeup and get up and just play kiss songs and uh but uh this all sounds uh, like it's uh skyrocketing and it's uh it's very interesting the way it sounds like it uh, was all put together and it sounds so organized and it's something that's beyond me it just sounds so difficult that you would have to have a, a great, uh, you know, a mind like, uh, you know, Fletcher Henderson or something to be able to pull this up. <laughs> um, and I was wondering, I, I know you have to think of your audience and you have to pull in as many people as possible, but I've wondered if you had ever played around with the idea of mixing genres, like doing... Um, Emerson, Lake, and Palmer do Conway Twitty or <laughs> something like that. Any any time that you've uh, uh, just messed around with two, uh, two or more different types of music and putting them together. Absolutely. Just last January, we did Bowie versus Elvis, which was a pretty odd mashup but they happened to share the same birthday and also the birthday oh, of the venue really? owner who wanted an Elvis jam and mm-hmm. everybody in the collective sort of wanted a Bowie jam. So we sort of compromised and made it a mashup and it actually ended up working out really well. <laughs> uh, I think it would. I think it would. There's a, I think there's a considerable amount of Elvis in uh, David Bowie. Uh, you know, he, he started out wanting to sound like somebody like Anthony Newley and uh, just sort of fell into a studio with a rock band. And uh, uh, I think the in- influences go uh, kind of deep there. Um, of course, I don't think Elvis ever had any idea who <laughs> David Bowie was, but... Uh, <laughs> That, that I'm pretty sure he did. Out. I think he said he wanted to produce one of his albums for him. Oh, oh, wow. Uh, yeah, uh, and of course we all remember when Bowie sang that song with uh, that Christmas song with Bing Crosby, which was kind of strange. Um, yeah, that that sounds uh, that sounds really neat. Um, uh, I'd like to hear uh, some more of that, uh, you know, mixing, mixing and unmatching and 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 things. Uh, uh, oh. Yeah. I was going to say one more thing before we, since we've got about nine minutes left. I also wanted to say at some point too, um, and, and yeah, I like those ideas, stuff. These guys could do anything. Uh, but, Adrian, before, before, I don't want to wait until the last minute to ask you, the people listening that want to know where and when, because these, these Badass All-Star Jams don't just take place um, at the Velvet. No, they're, they're in different places. Uh, they're at Red Light Cafe so how would, and um, other venues. How do people find out where they're going to be, when, and what they'll be hearing? 
Well, the best way would be to go to the Facebook page for the Badash All-Star Team and go to events, (laughs) and you'll see the listing of shows. If you go to each individual event, you'll see uh, a link to a Google Doc that has, you know, the sign-up for every jam that we're hosting, Uh, sign-up for a song or two or three, if you know them, and, you know, show up to rehearsal, hopefully, and uh, uh, other than that, see you at the show. And, uh, you know, we are doing them in different places around town. Uh, We're doing a Guitar Heroes jam at Darwin's Burgers and Blues uh, coming up in March. Uh, We're doing the 90s jam coming up February 9th at Avondale Town Cinema. Uh, We're looking at doing other jams around town. We've done a few at Moonshadow Tavern and Tucker. Uh, we're looking into doing jams at Big Tex in Decatur. And we're always looking for new places to host these jams because every venue has a different vibe too. You know, so mm-hmm. at Darwin's, you couldn't really pull off, you know, a more esoteric jam as well as you could a Guitar Heroes jam or a Georgia music jam. Whereas, you mm-hmm. know, you can do that more eclectic stuff at Red Light. So, you know, the Prince jam is great for that kind of place. And Ooh. there's some, some jams that require larger production, like we had to do Pink Floyd at Avondale Town Cinema because it's a great stage, great PA, great lights. Something that big had to be done in a really big hall. So, you know, it's sort of a matter of optimizing the right jam for the right venue as well. Frog Rock Night's coming up there April 7th as well. By the way, is there any chance oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Sean. Is there any chance that um, maybe coming up to one of these events that some caller, some listener, some caller might win a pair of tickets? Maybe? Yes, two tickets to the 90s jam at Avondale Town Cinema. All right, and the date on that is? February 9th. Okay. Friday after next. Friday after next, right around. So if you want to win a pair of tickets, <laughs> you better call or message me in, a que- message me in your desire. Uh, make your needs known. And we'll do the drawing. And... Um, You know, um, Sean and Adrian, since you and and, and Duffy, you've studied music too, but Sean, uh, excuse me, I mean, Adrian, I wanted to ask you while we're going, if there's anything else you want to talk about. One thing we were talking was, what about music schools? You know, this, I used to tell people, you know, with the band, there's not much of a middle class in the arts. You're either just having to struggle and eat, you know, sardines and crackers on your tour and Hope the hope the car or bus lasts till the, to the next venue, or you can afford to tear up the hotel room and not worry about it. But what do music schools? When people go and they study music and they study music business and commercial music or whatever, what schools do to prepare musicians for a career in music in any type of music? Um, I think. They may try to teach what they think is best at the same time as fulfilling 
the requirements of their accreditation. So the challenge for any music school is going to be, you know, to stay as current and relevant as possible. And thank God there are some people at Georgia State who are willing to get out there, you know, have an ear to the ground as to the state of the community of musicians in this big city. There's a ton of great musicians in the city. And, you know, that's one of the things that we try to take advantage of. But not all music schools encourage their students enough to also do the same. You know, regardless of what style of music you're playing, if you're going to work, you've got to get out there and network. You've got to meet people. You've got to play with them as much as possible. You've got to uh, not get blacklisted by any group of musicians, you know, because that'll just result in a loss of work. No um, joke. <laughs> so, yes, I think uh, I think they can't stress that enough in the uh, music institutions in the country. You know, you can be the greatest musician in the closet, but if nobody knows what you can do for them, you know, you're not going to get the call. So you have to be on people's minds, and they have to be aware of what you can do so they can say, I need to put together a Led Zeppelin tribute band for one night, so I'm going to call so-and-so and so-and-so and so-and-so. You know, everybody's got their list. Usually people start at the top of the list and work their way down. So, you know, there's all obviously also a totem pole aspect to all of this. Um, so you want to be at the top of everybody's totem pole. And uh, I think if music school is just yeah. focused on that and then works backwards from there <laughs> instead of, you know, are we, are we teaching them how to read orchestral excerpts or are we fulfilling our accreditation standards? You know, it's, you know, it's, it can be tricky. Yeah, no kidding. Um, all right. Well, listen. So the on uh, February. So I'm going to have everybody that knows that if you've been a guest on the show, I'm going to share all of your events and and your social media on everything where Madam Perry has a presence, or Jennifer Perry has a presence on uh, Twitter or Pinterest or Instagram, or Facebook, and everything. How though? Um, where was I going with this, Adrian? So the next one is February the 9th at Avondale Town yes. Cinema. And it is the 90s? Yep, the 90s jam. And what songs and artists um, are we going to be hearing? I mean, what, you know, represented? What's, we got what everything covers from Jane Addiction, Alice in Chains, Extreme, Bonnie Raitt, Metallica, Nirvana, Soundgarden, Pearl Jam, Black Crows, Rage Against the Machine, Blind Melon, Gin Blossom, Smashing Pumpkins, Beastie Boys, Green Day, Offspring, Cheryl oh, Crow, Soundgarden, Fish, Stone Mountain Pilots, uh, Stone Temple Pilots, Cranberries, <laughs> Alonis Morissette, Weezer, Hootie and the Blowfish, Garbage, Dishwalla, Tracy Chapman, Space Hog, Wallflowers, Cardigans, Beck, Sublime, Radiohead, Third Eye Blind, Two Fighters, 311, Fastball, Lenny Kravitz, and Collective Soul. <sighs> what a memory. <laughs> wow. Can't wait to hear the Stone Mountain Pilots. You know, I saw a clip That's from Jimmy so Fallon. I guess I love that. That's gonna, somebody's going to take that. Somebody's going to have that band name by next weekend playing somewhere. Yes, exactly. Um, I saw a clip. I don't know if this is a regular thing he does or not, but a Jimmy Kimmel uh, band mashup where he had Josh Stone and the Stone Temple Pilots. 
uh, doing, what is it, uh, what's the song, Highway Love Song, but it was Josh Interstate Stone. Interstate Love Song. Yeah, Interstate Love Song with uh, Josh Stone, Temple Pilots, the, both the band and, and Stone Josh. Mountain Pilots, so, uh, <laughs> new tribute band name. <laughs> I like it. All right. Hey, Sean. Adrian, Duffy, thank you guys so much for being here Yay. with me. And, uh, you Thanks know, we us. didn't even get to – oh, I'm delighted. I'm delighted. I yeah, love you guys. Uh, you think you're... Come back, Adrian, so we hey. can talk about education and stuff. Yeah, oh, yeah, I'd love to talk about to, that. Um, mm-hmm. Adrian, can you, can you promise me a part two sometime maybe in a, in a month or so when you got time and come back and talk more and Sean, you as well? Sure, no problem. You got it. Okay, good, good, good. Uh, and and yeah, and too, Duffy. You know, I've been talking to Adrian for a long time about how I want him to take these on the road and go to, you know, other cities or Asheville, Bacon, and then just keep on going. So. Mhm. I know it's my dream. Maybe not his, but. Come to Tallahassee. I can come see you. Yeah. That'd be nice. Yeah, it's so, got to be in a city with a yeah. lot of musicians to pull from locally. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah we're don't, lucky don't worry. to be in a we're town that has so much for... talent. What, dear? So we're lucky to be in a town, uh, a rather talented city here, you know, with a large yes. group of musicians. But maybe oh, we yeah. could create oh. a traveling road show. You know, yes. Crazier things okay. have happened. Well, People have heard me talk for a long time because, you know, I don't know if you know, Sean, I'm an entertainment publicist. That's my business. And I've often said, you know, it's been my goal and still is to have a big tour bus and I can just uh, put some uh, musicians and authors in there and we'll just travel the country, get out, gig, you know, read, sell books, sell music, whatever, and just keep on. And maybe you're on just for a few cities or the whole road. Maybe somebody gets off here and gets on there and um, – you know, I'm going to pack you all in there and take you with me if I do. So, anyway, uh, don't forget, <laughs> tomorrow night, true crime author. You've seen him on TV. You read his books. Michael Fleeman is going to talk about the murder of Robert Limon by uh, the love triangle. Robert and Sabrina were married. She fell in love with a younger man while she was giving out um, samples of food at Costco. And this has a, this story, Better Off Dead, has guys. Now, listen, Adrian. Sean Duffy, you know this sounds like something between a uh, gangster rap and a, uh, uh, a hip hop um, murder ballad and a, and a country western murder ballad. They had these little communities in Baker's near Bakersfield, California, where the uh, the whole neighborhood, the husbands and wives get babysitters. They go off on these trips. They um, do wife swapping and husband swapping all weekend and take naked rides down zip lines and um, this is going to all be and it's it's a true story. So uh, Michael Fleeman wrote well, the book about it. Better chilly. off dead. <laughs> Say what? I said I hope it's not chilly when they go zip lining. <laughs> 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 really, and so it's a true story. I even watched part of the court after, as I was reading the book. I would even stop and watch part of some of the court testimony on YouTube. So uh, he's going to be on here tomorrow night talking about it. So join us with Michael Fleeman tomorrow night, next Monday, Linda Civitello. Coming up soon will be also uh, uh, Chasm Sultan again, bass player, and also a uh, Bootsy Collin coming up in um, in March. Bootsy Collin. Wow. And. Uh, 
Thank you so much. I'm going to close Thank out. You, the swinging Thank, Thank you, Jennifer. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.